You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 134. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 134. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. Isn't it a beautiful day? I am officially an empty nester. Woohoo! I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. So many emotions. I am elated. I am uh, sad. I am weirded out. Is that an emotion? (laughs) I am feeling all the feels and it's wonderful. I don't want you guys to be scared of this stage of life. It's just a very emotional stage, but feeling feelings is not bad. Like we're wired to feel our emotions. You want to watch out for anxiety, worry, stress, that is just a cover of emotions. Or even what I call like buffering with optimism, where you don't allow yourself to feel any of the kind of negative emotions because you only want to feel happy all the time. Watch out for those. But if you've got an empty nest coming up and you are not sure how you're going to handle it, that's okay. All you do is you let yourself feel all the feelings and it is a wonderful thing. And you're with all these other mamas who are feeling all the feelings and there's a lot of camaraderie and support just built into this stage of life. So it is awesome. It is exciting. It is weird. It is sad. It is strange. It is all the things. It is the full experience. Today's podcast episode is a really important one. It's about how this culture that we live in for super moms of go, 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 do, 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 work, 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 how that can lead to chronic pain and fatigue. So today I have an interview with a fabulous coach. She's a former physical therapist and now she works as a coach for helping women deal with chronic pain. And we're going to talk about how that develops, how this go, go, go culture is kind of toxic for us. And most importantly, we're going to talk about relaxation and how to get your nervous system calmed down. So at the end of the podcast, we are going to announce something we're going to do together on September 26th through the 30th. We're doing a relaxation challenge. So make sure you mark it in your calendar. You join the Super Moms Getting Tired Facebook group. It's an easy one to find. You go to facebook.com slash groups slash supermom is getting tired and request to join because we are going to be doing a little freebie every day in there where we're going to walk you through a relaxation technique that will help calm down your nervous system. And this is a hands-on, we're actually going to do it. We're going to get you relaxed because I really created this podcast for people who say, I don't have time to relax. Relaxation takes too, what I just talked about this the other day, uh, too much time, too hard. It doesn't work. 
there's a resistance to relaxation and almost a uh, fear of relaxation, a fear of being lazy, of not getting things done, a fear of work piling up. If you take a break, that there's going to be more work later. If you know anybody like that who is always on the go and struggles to really relax, or maybe you try to relax, but you can't quite shift gears, then this podcast is for you because we're going to be talking about the physical pain and problems and ailments and illnesses that result from too much of this chronic go, 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 stressful living. So if you know anyone who has tension, headaches, back pain, irritable bowel syndrome, fibromyalgia, lupus, any kind of uh, autoimmune problem, psoriasis, eczema, any skin problem, anything that could have a stress component to it, please invite them to join our relaxation challenge and uh, have them listen to this podcast so they understand the connection of the central nervous system and how it affects our health. And I look forward to join us and I look forward to seeing you September 26th through 30th. Enjoy today's podcast. You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and I have here with me today a special guest. I have Betsy Jensen from bodyandmindlifecoach.com, and she is here to help me answer a very common question or dilemma that I get from super moms all the time who say, I don't have time to relax. So Betsy, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. My name is Betsy Jensen. I'm a life coach. I help people with chronic pain and actually getting rid of chronic pain. It's amazing with the new neuroscience and with learning about the nervous system, what you can do with rewiring the brain. So I love talking about how the nervous system affects the body. and. I got into this. I initially was a physical therapist. So I've always loved learning about the body and how it works and working with people in pain. I've done that a lot. And I was a physical therapist for about 20 years and then started getting my own symptoms, some autoimmune stuff, ulcerative colitis. And someone told me that that was psychosomatic. And so I was actually excited. I was like, yes, I was a psychologist. <laughs> yeah, I was a psychologist. Wait a second. You were excited when they I told was. you it was, because I yes. remember I yeah. had vulvodynia, vul- <laughs> oh, yeah. which is a mind-body syndrome thing in my, when I was like 21, and they told me it was psychosomatic and I was pissed. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's probably the more common reaction that I hear. But I think by that time, I was already into coaching. I uh, learned about life coaching, not about the specifics about how it relates to our body, but how it affects every other area of our life. So I already had a big belief that our thoughts affected our reality. And then I was a psychology major in college. So I've always loved the mind and body. So when I heard that there was, you know, a chance that I could solve this with changing my thoughts, with feeling better emotionally, and that could change my body, I was super excited. So I just jumped right in. I got into Dr. Sarno, you know, he's an older practitioner of all of this. And some of his stuff is not as relevant now, but I just 
was like into all of that Joe Dispenza. And I found out about the secret, the law of attraction all at the same time. So I, okay. Just- so let's just, let's just <laughs> pause there. Cause I'm going to add these links in the show notes. So Dr. Sarno was at about end your back pain now or something was the name well, of his Yeah, the one was Divided Mind. And I would actually say now there's a book that has been published within this last year. It was published in 2021 called The Way Out by Alan Gordon. And that has much more current research and explains the mind-body approach so simply and eloquently and easily. Okay, and that's called The Way Out. Yes, The Way Out by Alan Gordon. Okay. So Sarno has his place. Like I, I really love and respect him, but definitely it talks a little bit more about repressed emotions and that can be harder to understand and access when you're like, I don't really feel angry, but my back hurts, <laughs> but, but right. the way out really teaches how when your nervous system is dysregulated for longer periods of time, those signals just get messed up. And we know that the pain signals actually originate from our brain. And so just because we have a pain signal, it doesn't mean the tissue is damaged in that area. It means our brain has turned on that pathway to send pain there. And when we get really, um, you know, when our nervous system is dysregulated, those pathways can turn on and we can feel the back pain, but not because there's damage just because, you know, we're stressed. Yeah. I had a lot of back pain in my twenties too. I, I like to say we, I have a magic body. Yes. My body's always communicating with me and telling me when I'm on track or off track and of yeah. my life, you know, totally. and I didn't have that perspective in my twenties. I was going to doctors and physical therapists and they just kept saying like, we can't figure out why you have so much pain at such a young age. Like your back's so healthy and it was really difficult. And so I think it was heel back pain now. Yeah. Now I'm trying to remember Sarno's book, but yeah, I think um, you know, it took me a while to discover the mind body connection yeah, but, and how it works. Cause I think that first doctor who said it's like all in your head, he didn't say that, but it was basically, that's how I interpreted it. Right. right. Was that, oh, he said, I think they said, we think this is stress related. Yes. And I was yeah. ready to punch so I was like, hmm, maybe yeah. I do have some suppressed emotions if I want to approach yeah. a doctor for telling me I'm stressed. I remember being in the doctor's office saying, the only thing stressing me out is you telling me I'm stressed. Right? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that really happens. And that's why chronic pain is so different than acute pain. Acute pain is like you, you know, you pull a muscle and it hurts for a few days, but when it becomes chronic and you keep treating it the same way, it actually, we know that the neural pathways actually start to form more pain because what you think about, you create more of. And usually when people start getting more and more chronic pain, it really limits their life in every way. So they're thinking about pain a lot, or they're thinking about the limitations they have. And then more and more of that shows up. So Betsy, you're talking all about chronic pain and how the body can sometimes manifest pain coming from stored emotions or past trauma or whatever. How does that relate to a mom's problem saying, I don't have time to relax. And this is the other thing I hear all the time is um, if I take a break, then more work will pile up. And so I can't afford to stop because then it just creates a backlog. So how does your work in dealing with chronic pain? Yes. 
impact or relate to those two situations. Yeah, yeah. And actually real quick first, what we also know is maybe it's not just like a chronic neck or back pain or vulvodynia, but even things like IBS, you know, Mm. irritable bowel. I have that too. Digestive things, (laughs) yeah. A lot of digestive things or headaches, that kind of stuff can go on when we're, our body is stressed out and at maximum capacity all of the time. So basically I like to explain it thinking of the nervous system. So our nervous system can be in survival mode or it can be in a calm rest and repair mode. And when our nervous system is in survival mode, that's that urgency that you're feeling, right? When you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to do all these things on my list. There's too much to do. I can't slow down. That just feels like, you know, a little anxious to me. Like my heart races a little when I think- It's the hamster on the wheel. It's go, go, go. Yes. So tell us how the nervous system impacts one's ability to rest and relax. Our nervous system- is meant to have this fight or flight. Like we want to have it. It's not like we don't want to go into fight or flight because that can help us if we're really like running from a tiger in survival. But what we tend to do as humans is we use our massive prefrontal cortex to keep us in survival mode all the time. We're not just taking into consideration what's happening in the moment, but we're thinking of the past and we're thinking of the future. So we're constantly in survival mode which is actually very depleting to our body. If you think of sprinting at full speed versus, you know, sometimes walking and sometimes resting and sometimes sprinting, you can just see if you're sprinting and like that hamster wheel is a great analogy because it's not like we're getting somewhere and then resting. When we're in chronic survival mode, we're just going, 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 and usually feeling even more behind. And then what can happen if the system is very overwhelmed is just complete shutdown. And that's called freeze. And freeze is where it's like feigning death. You're almost like conserving your resources and conserving your energy. There's lots of fatigue. It feels like, you know, you could die at any moment. So you just have to hide in a hole and just try to survive. And that's that feeling of overwhelm that some people might relate to where they're like, I used to be this person who could just go forever and now I can't even do anything. And that can be really disturbing when you're used to getting a lot of things done. I have talked to quite a few super moms who yeah. were go, go, go for years, like super hyper productive, And then yeah. they just get into probably this freeze state, yes. right? Where their nervous system kind of shuts down. And then they're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why What I? Why can't I do what I used to do? Yeah. Thinking that that state of fight or flight is kind of the golden standard. Yes. <laughs> of yeah. like, if I was a good mom, I would be running around like a crazy person. Yeah, you know? we idealize that. And then we vilify, you know, freeze as like, oh my gosh, I must be so lazy. But really our nervous system chooses this for us. We're right. not thinking like, okay, I really want to not get out of bed at all today. But when your nervous system is so overwhelmed, it's like, we're shutting down. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's where people usually find me is because Mm. their body shows it. They have fatigue or they have brain fog or they have, you know, all of these things they think are maybe other conditions like mold or allergies or all those things, but really their body, maybe they are more sensitive to those things because their body is in this stressed out state using its resources to barely hold on to survive. And sometimes then people will bounce between the overwhelm and fight or flight. So they're kind of like periods of time where they just can't do anything. And then periods of time where they're running like a chicken with their head cut off. 
but all of it is still in that survival state. Right. Which right. affects your body. And we're talking about moms today. Yeah. But, and because this it obviously happens a lot to moms because they are, there's a lot of demands in our culture placed upon moms, a lot on their shoulders, a lot of burdens. But this happened to my child. Oh, yeah. My kid developed adrenal fatigue or whatever you want to call it. Just yeah. total nervous system breakdown. He always he's had sensory motor integration, like since he was born. Yeah. He always was hypersensitive to sounds, yeah. textures, tastes, that kind yeah. of stuff. And then he got a brain injury, concussion at age 11. We didn't know it, unfortunately. That would have been helpful. But so it was interesting to watch, just like you're describing this, like between fight or flight and freeze is yeah. he would play the most amazing soccer game of his life. Like yeah. he was on fire and then couldn't get out of bed for three days afterwards. Amazing. Yeah, like exactly. Total dysregulation yeah. of the nervous system. Yes. So I just want to throw that out there in case, you know, anybody else is seeing this in their kids or their family members or a loved one where it's like, why can you be so like on fire one minute and then completely flatline the next? Yes. And it can happen to marathon run people who train for a marathon and then they come finish the marathon and then they just plummet and their energy yeah. really can drop. So yeah. just wanted to mention that. Yeah. And I love that you say that too, because sometimes I'm a mom and sometimes as parents, we want to blame ourselves if our child has a sensitive nervous system or if they, you know, exhibit some of these things, but it doesn't mean that you have like caused trauma in them that they have a sensitive nervous system. Like some children are just born more sensitive. And again, like you mentioned before, I think those are the people that do have magic bodies. They do have more empathy, more connection to their emotions and to, to potentially their bodies if they use this skill right. Mm -hmm. So the, the sensitive nervous system is not like, oh my gosh, now you just have to live in a bubble. You'll never function. Like you have actually special gifts and talents, but you just also want to be mindful of protecting and taking care of your nervous system the very best way. And that's why getting into that parasympathetic calm state, although it's so contrary to our um, society right now, because we're very much like action oriented, go and do a bunch of things in order to get better. In order to fix things, you need to like be constantly moving. So it's like so resistant sometimes to actually rest. But just seeing that, just like we turn off our phone sometimes when it gets really glitchy or we need to plug it in, like our body needs this state to just have some calm time as well. It's a time for our cells to rest and repair and heal. It's a time for our digestion to work. It's where our reproductive system starts working better. So although it seems counterintuitive to get off the hamster wheel and rest, the benefits are tenfold, maybe a hundredfold as to what you can actually get done in your life and how you want to show up, if that makes what sense. Are, what are some common signs that you see of moms who are pushing it too far, that they're spending too much of their day in this state of fight or flight, like running from thing to thing? Because there's a lot of just, like there's certain ages of kids, stages mm -hmm. of life, right? When they're little, there's a lot of sitting around. Mm -hmm. But then when they're like, you know, 11 to 
15, there's a lot of driving around. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of certain stages of life that, uh, so let's say you've got a mom who's got three kids that are 11, 13, and 15, and she's just going from thing to thing, constantly packing lunches, unpacking smelly sports gear, you know, trying to not be late for practice. What are some signs that she's spending too much of her time in the fight or flight state? How would yeah. she know? Yeah. One of the biggest ones, cause this is such a good question. Cause sometimes when you're in fight or flight so long, you're like, this is normal. Like this yes. is my normal life. And then when it isn't as stressful, you're almost like, where's the action, right? Let's figure out a crisis so I can be at my, like, you know, top adrenaline level cortisol all the way. You get kind of hooked on the adrenaline. Yes. yes. So that's kind of one sign is just like this um, intensity that when things quiet down, you're like looking for things. Restless. Yeah, Yeah. restless. And I see it a lot at night when people lay down to go to sleep and it's like their mind can't shut off. Their body is still, maybe they even feel tired, but something inside them is still in that survival state. Like keep going, keep going. So I see it a lot at night. First thing in the morning, people wake up and they're, you know, already have a lot of anxiety or terror about the day. And then I think, you know, I mean, obviously I see it when people, it shows up in their body in varieties of ways, like all of the ways you could possibly imagine from, you know, knee pain to abdominal bloating, like actual reflux, like it can physically show up in your body. But it, I would just say it's that state of kind of like, you're never good enough. Things are never done. There's always more to do. It's unworthiness. And there's this like urgency about it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it feels very different than, you know, I like to have my clients try to imagine a time where they really did feel that parasympathetic calm state. Cause maybe they haven't felt it for a while or they, oh, it's so yeah. fleeting or mm-hmm. it's even uncomfortable. Right. Cause they're like, what is this? This feels awkward and unsafe, right. To really relax. I'll give like a homework assignment to, yeah. Like, you know, for my clients, I give them little homework assignments in between calls to kind of practice what we're working on. And sometimes I'll give the homework assignment is to sit in the sunshine for five minutes a day. I love that. For people who have resistance or they think, oh my God, like it's an anxiety starts to develop around doing nothing, right? That like exactly getting off the wheel and feels scary. So it's just like, if you, I mean, it's kind of like when during COVID, when we were social isolating and all of a sudden you're like going into a big group again, you're like, is this safe? Like nobody's wearing masks. And you start to feel like you start to develop anxiety and fear around something that's normal and used to be. Exactly. So it sounds like the signs of that someone's spending too much time in fight or flight. One is chronic pain. That happens after a period of time, usually. Uh, Two is restlessness at night or anxiety in the morning. Mm -hmm. And another one that I would add in is just this state of being tired, but wired. Yeah. Which is kind of what you're describing, but where you're just like, I'm tired, but I can't relax. I'm trying to relax, but it's not working. I don't feel restful. Yeah. Even when I'm, you know, I remember because I remember going to get massages and I'm laying on the massage table and the whole time I'm just like talking, 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 or I'm like, <laughs> start life coaching my massage yeah. therapist. 
Or, you know, I, and she kept saying like, take a deep breath in. And I'm like, I am. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, I am. And she's like, "Mm, your muscles aren't relaxing, you know? And there's like this, like I, even when I'm trying to relax, my body wasn't, because this is the thing, right? We, I want to reiterate what you said. The central nervous system decides for you what it's going to do. You don't get to choose. I'm going to go into freeze, fight, flight, play, rest, digest. It's not, you don't get that. Okay. The only thing, part of the central nervous system you have control over is your breathing. Mm -hmm. That's it. Everything else, it can hijack all your, you know, decision-making, your conscious awareness. Like I want to relax. I'm getting a massage and your nervous system is like, "Mm, sorry, no. (laughs) It's true. And your nervous system, I always tell people, your nervous system was formed when you were a child. So it's about the level of an elementary schooler as far as, you know, fears and emotional maturity, right? Like it's, it's it's a primitive part of our brain. Yes. It's going to err on the side of like run and hide or fight if, you know, at the slightest danger, but this is not to say if you had a rough childhood or you're one of those sensitive people that you're doomed for a life of constant triggering and never being able to control anything because there really are a lot of strategies you can use once your nervous system is dysregulated. That's the part you don't have control over. But then from there, the way that you react can either keep you spinning in fight or flight or bring you back to that calm state, you know, with intention. And then that actually processes some of that old trauma that you might've had as a child, the reason this got reactivated. And let me, I just want to add too, because I had a very stable childhood. I would call it. Yeah. (laughs) And so low aces scores. And I hear this like trauma as a childhood. I'm like, I did not have trauma. Like I think of trauma as being like homeless on the street, abandoned, like, you know, physical abuse, whatever. I had none of that. And so the, for me, like hearing like childhood trauma was so triggering yes. because it wasn't, it wasn't helpful yes. to, because of my definition of trauma. And so oh what gosh. I've learned throughout the years through, you know, life coaching and getting into that mind body connection is that like anything could be trauma, like, you know, witness a car accident. And yeah. that could be a trauma in the body that I never talked about, or I saw somebody get hurt, yeah. fall off their butt. I mean, it could be the smallest little thing. Yeah. The point is just that I <laughs> had, and I'm sure there's others out there, have a tendency to, to tense up rather than release those emotions. I held on to them and like, I'm just going to keep them inside because I didn't know how to process the emotions in a healthy way, release the stored up energy. Yes. If you don't like the word trauma, yes. think of it as just stored emotions or stored energy in the body. It's yes. just like, I, I remember like I had to learn how to hit TMJ to another like stress thing, right? Yes. And I was trying to unlearn how to clench my jaw at night. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law was like, well, if you're clenching at night, he's like, you're probably doing it in the daytime too. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm sure that's not true. But yeah. as once I started becoming aware, I was like, 
sure enough, like I was tensing, holding tension in my body when the sun was too bright. Yeah. When I was concentrating, when I touched my baby's skin and it was super soft and I didn't want to squeeze them too hard because they're so cute, you know, or like a dog, I would tense my jaw. I would hold tension in my body. So for me, the word trauma was (laughs) was not helpful when it had to do with like petting dogs. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And, and I love the definition of trauma as just more than what your nervous system can handle at the time. So oh, that but, would have been yeah. very, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because like, that's why like, you know, a horse running really fast could be traumatic to one child and then to another child, they're like smiling and laughing or whatever, but oh. it's your own personal nervous system at that moment in time. Could you handle what that that, you know, event was and, or was it processed? Because we even know very traumatic things that are processed with someone won't store as if it was even a minor thing that was ignored and never dealt with. Okay. Good stuff. So what would you say to a mom who says like, uh, I don't have time to relax or when I try to relax, it's not relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it does go back to thoughts. So we, I kind of, it made it maybe seem like, oh my gosh, this nervous system is just in control of everything. But we also know as life coaches that there can be some subconscious thoughts or even conscious thoughts that are kind of generating that anxiety in the nervous system about certain things, right? Like if we believe that our kids have to act perfectly in order for us to be a good parent, then we see our kid acting a way we don't like that's causing stress to us because of our thoughts. And that can activate our nervous system in a certain way, but, and we can unpack that, right? We can see what is going on. So for each person, it may be different as far as what is exactly activating in their nervous system, you know, for someone who... For example, I'll give you my example. So I had a lot of fears around water and I think my mom was scared of water. And so I just like picked that up as a kid, right? Just absorbed like there's, this is something to be afraid of. Yeah. And so when I had, of course we ended up with the house, the pool, which I did not want, but it's like, but like the universe wanted me to overcome this fear because my husband loves boats and water and pools and everything. I'm like, "Ah." so I had to work on this thing. You know, I couldn't just avoid it. And so every time, like I had this belief, this thought that it's my job to make sure every child is safe around water. And so my pool, that was fine. I would be on duty. Your kid, if you came, they came over to swim, they would be safe in my pool because I was like high alert. Now that's stressful for me, but that was coming from the thought. It's my responsibility to make sure everyone's safe. But I would do that at hotel resort pools. I would do that at waterside parks. I would do it in lakes. I would watch everyone's child. Yes have saved a couple of kids from drowning, which is just like, gave me more evidence to prove that like, I'm the only one who can make sure everybody's safe. And then I, after doing all of my work, I remember going to the uh, Waterside Park locally here in my area. And I remember sitting down in a lounge chair and going, there's nothing I have to do right now. 
Yes. Like, oh my God, it worked. I'm yeah. finally relaxed around water. And it was all yeah. coming from the thought, but I, it took time yeah. to shift from it's my responsibility to keep everybody alive to there's nothing I have to do while I'm at a water slide park. Yeah. That was heaven, but it is yeah. a thought. And it's just this process that life coaches learn about how to walk you through dissolving those beliefs. Yes, exactly. So there are techniques, of course, of calming the nervous system, like you said, with breathing. And there's hundreds of different somatic techniques you can use, tapping and humming. And, and those are those are called bottom-up or somatic approaches. And then the cognitive or kind of top-down approaches, like the life coaching. Sometimes there's a mix. But the thing that's that's beautiful and unique about each of us is we can use our own nervous system and our own feedback to know if these thoughts are working for us or not, or if these, you know, uh, techniques are working for us or not. So we have some real-time feedback. We just stay in contact with our nervous system and, and not freaking out when it's dysregulated, but just being aware, just like we do with our thoughts and then massaging them to, you know, what feels more comfortable. And on that note, Betsy and I are going to do something in the end of September, we are calling the five day relaxation challenge for all of you mamas out there who are challenged to relax and, or have difficulty relaxing or not. And you just want to just drop in and learn some new quick, easy techniques that will calm down your nervous system and shift you into that play, rest and digest state where you feel like, you know, engaging socially with your kids. Cause that's another place I would say it shows up is when kids ask mama, Hey, can you play with me? Yeah. No, I can't. I don't have the capacity to play because my nervous system's in fight or flight. Like, do you see the kitchen? is so messy. I got so much to do. I got to do it. And I'm on the hamster wheel. Play is unavailable to me at this moment in time. Yes, it's so true. And it's so amazing to read in the neuroscience when they talk about the calm state of the digestive system or of the digestive of the nervous system. The digestive system loves the calm state, of course. But actually, when you talk about the effects in the mind and the brain, that is where you're the most creative. It's your learning mode. So where you can actually receive and absorb information. And it's where you're the most connected with people. You actually produce more oxytocin. So you're actually more able to connect with people and you're more able to see the big picture without the black and white thinking. So sometimes when we think of, oh my gosh, I just don't have time to get to this rest and repair state, this calm state, you know, first of all, it doesn't mean you're just laying there doing nothing. You could be playing like that is calm to the nervous you could system. Be walking. Yes, you, you could, could be, be dancing, folding laundry, laughing. <laughs> you could be even, you know, have you ever really been in flow when you're working? And it feels like the work is just, you know, like ideas just flow into you and time passes so quickly and you're almost more energized after you work than before. That is that parasympathetic calm state, it can be active. So don't fear that you're just becoming becoming a lazy couch potato if you ever start to get calm. But secondly, this is where you're going to actually show up as the best version of yourself. The person who, you know, you might've had a lot of creative ideas before you had kids. And now you're like, 
I don't even feel creative anymore. I don't even know well, what it's I the like. First anymore. thing to go, creativity. I noticed that yeah. when the kids were little, every time my husband would leave town, I was like creative problem solving. Like the kid won't get out of the car and it's a hundred degrees or whatever. Like yeah. so many tips on how to make how to do that. Like I know intellectually, but yeah. it just disappears when you're in this exactly. state of flight and you're stressed out and you're like, I can't remember all my good parenting. Yeah. And I can't figure out why they're acting this way. Like your ability to connect, your ability to creatively problem solve, your ability to learn or remember the things you've learned. Yeah. All goes out the window when you're in that state of fight or flight. It's so true. And that's why I think learning about the nervous system has helped me have so much more compassion with myself because I was always like, why do I understand these things? And I just can't do them. Right. And, and it's not because like you said, it's because in those moments, you're not even thinking with your prefrontal cortex. So you're not remembering all those strategies that are great that you learned. You're in survival reactive mode when you can identify it and you have more compassion. This is just, you know, what I did. And next time I'm maybe going to try it differently. It doesn't mean you're always going to repeat it the same way. This is information for you each time it comes up. And that's why I think it's great is because you don't have to go trying to search out everything that was a problem in your thinking before and all the, you know, traumas or whatever, capital T or little T traumas, whatever, just when they come up, and you feel dysregulated, you regulate. And over time, that takes care of all of those old ideas and thoughts that need to be weeded out. Does yes. I No, I love it. I love it. And so, yeah, it's just paying attention to, do I feel dysregulated? And your signs yeah. that you that your nervous system is a little high, strong are that like tired, but wired, restless, inability to like not sleeping well at night or mm-hmm. difficulty calming down, difficulty relaxing. It doesn't mean you have to be able to like get on the floor and play with your kid, like for eight hours a day. That's boring. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. adults don't like playing trains for you know right. eight hours a day, but, um, but that, that you can when you want to, and that you have the ability to shift into like, even if it's just your kind of play, right? You're not needing a glass of wine in order to relax, that you can regulate your nervous system so that you can step into play when you want to and not, you know, and then get be productive, but still from this relaxed state. Like yes. you said, you didn't have, you don't have to just sit there. It's not meditating on the mountaintop we're talking about. Yeah. But, but there are techniques and that's what we're going to teach in our five day relaxation challenge. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. About yeah. And that. we're going to do top down. We're going to do bottom up. Like yes. you said, like starting with the body exactly. so that you yes. can find one that works for you or like your favorite way to relax. There's so many different techniques and, you know, we're going to so it might be a certain breathing technique. We might be listening to things, looking at things, you know, so we're going to just walk you through so that 10 minutes a day you get to uh, relax. Yes. And really things can shift even with just 10 minutes a day. You know, those gratitude journals where they've shown, you know, people's brains actually change and they become more satisfied with their lives by just writing down three things a day. It's the same with this work with the nervous system. Just five, 10, 15 minutes a day, or just a few times of 30 seconds, you know, just any little things. It's just like, like I said, when we turn off our phone and give it 
a three second break, sometimes that's all it needs. So we tend to go really like black or white sometimes like, okay, well, I don't have three hours to relax, but (laughs) this is going to take a long time, but they call it even micro relaxation. So I love that idea of just having like two breaths that you take. So like a micro relaxation. Yeah. So if you like, you want that summer vacation mode to, and bring it into the school year with you so that you can continue that relaxation and not just feel like, okay, school's here. I got to be stressed now. Then we will help you do that. So the challenge is going to take place inside the super mom is getting tired Facebook group. And on Betsy's Instagram page, we decided we'll do it on there too. So if you're not a member, you can go sign up for the Super Moms Getting Tired Facebook group. And if you're not a Facebooker, then you can sign up uh, to get on my newsletter list. If you go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 10Q, you can get on so that you'll get the emails. And so you can join it there. And so, yeah, it's going to be at the end of September 24th right? 24th through the 26th through the 30th, 26th through the (laughs) last week of September. Yes. uh, We can all join in together and then get some collective relaxation going on. Yes. And I love how you said that it started to give you, like, it helped you be more compassionate towards yourself because compassion is also a way to help calm down the nervous system. Yes. The lack yeah. of compassion usually is one of the triggers for that. It really is. I know it is. And I think the people who are the most sweet and well-meaning and kind and giving and generous are most at risk for this. So it really does. I'm sure it's, you know, a lot of moms and people who are, we're pretty much trained to give at our own expense and that, you know, this is how we should be. Um, we should sacrifice ourselves. Yeah. Everyone's needs before ours. Prioritize kids. Yeah. Yeah. So even just, um, noticing if you're feeling that way, this kind of, um, self-focus will really help get you back into that alignment with how you really want to show up versus running around like the chicken with its head cut off or just laying in bed with the covers over your head, just not even able to face anything. Right. So if anyone is feeling like they kind of lost themselves through motherhood, this would be a really good um, program for you because it's tuning back in towards yourself. And I like the idea too of the, you know, you said it helped you learn compassion, which for sure is a gotta be a part of this, but it also helps us be compassionate towards our kids and being able to identify when their nervous systems might be increasing to the point of tipping the scales or it's healthy. Like yes. if you've got a kid who's one of those, uh, I'll say a hyper performer, takes yeah. school really seriously, stays up till 2 a.m. studying, needs to get you know straight A's and takes all these APs, like it might help give you some ideas of how to help one of your kids who might be high strung or always kind of go, 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 really perfectionistic, puts a lot of pressure on themselves, please come to this challenge because then you can learn how to role model that relaxation for your kids. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that because with um, attachment theory, you know, when they're studying children growing up and, and how parents show up, 
they've actually shown that you only need to be like present and engaged with your child a third of the time. The other two thirds, like we mess up sometimes. We don't show up how we want. We yell or whatever. And that's totally okay. As long as we're going back to our children and saying, Hey, you know how I yelled at you. I was, you know, I was really mad in that moment. And that's not how I like to show up. And right. even doing that, right. We don't have to be perfect. If we can just kind of show up how we want, even a third of the time. And then the other two thirds, we go back to our children as humans. And we say, Hey, you know, this happened. I'm not perfect about it. <laughs> yeah. And well, and I think those other two thirds of the time we're role modeling. Exactly. Like, that we- is yeah, the number one way important. kids learn is through imitation. Yeah. So yeah. if we can calm down our nervous system, regulate, yeah. help kind of identify when we're out of balance and bring ourselves back in, then our kids yeah. are watching us do that and learning like, oh, okay, I'm going to take some deep breaths now. I'm going to go take a 10 minute rest and you know go into my room and lay down and take a nap or I'm yeah. feeling a little wound up. So I'm going to go for a walk around the block. And like, they're watching us yes, and learning that there is ways to cope and you don't have to just stay on the wheel, giving, 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 doing, doing, doing. And, um, that it's important to take care of ourselves. And so we want our kids to learn that skill. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Betsy, for being on the podcast today. It was really good to have you. My pleasure to uh, seeing you and having everybody else join us for the relaxation challenge at the end of September. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> everybody get, get excited about getting calm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.